Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Regina-based Avena Foods joins a consortium to expand the use and research on pulse crop flour as the world demands more plant protein. Protein Industries Canada announced a $6.3 million project this morning. The CEO of Canadian Western Agribition joins me. He gives details on the one sale held this fall despite the cancellation of the week-long cattle show in Regina. Real Agriculture talks to Wheat Pete about World Soil Day. The Outstanding Young Farmer program celebrates its 40th anniversary. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-624-2378. A Regina-based food company is part of a consortium to use pulse crop flour to create new plant-based food products. Avena Foods is involved in a $6.3 million project through Protein Industries Canada to expand use of its tempered pulse flour for plant-based proteins and products. Gord Flayton is the CEO of Avena Foods of Regina. We have some very promising ingredients, uh, some special types of flowers that are processed in a certain way to add uh, some nutritional and functional benefits to them. Um, most of them are pulse flowers, but we're also looking at oat flour as well. These are This project is about learning more about the nutritional and functional variables of each of those flowers, how to measure and control them. Uh, the optimal equipment and configuration of that equipment to produce them and the market potential uh, for these very promising ingredients. Um, one, one of the best examples is that we sell a pulse egg replacer used from, uh, or produced from beans. Uh, that's used to uh, replace fresher powdered eggs and egg white powders in foods and pet foods. And that allows manufacturers to eliminate an allergen if people are allergic to eggs. Uh, reduce food safety risk, and in many cases, lower costs. And of course, it also fits healthy options for vegan and allergy-free diets. Gord, tell me a little bit about the consortium. You've got uh, an agreement or a a group together called Big Mountain Foods, Day of Foods, Baconology, and the Village Bakery. Tell me about that consortium. Yeah, we have a great team working on this. Uh, Two Canadian companies and two from the UK. So Big Mountain Foods and Day of Foods are from uh, British Columbia. In the Vancouver area, they are in the uh, among other things, they're in the market for of uh, providing uh, gluten-free and healthy food ingredients and and consumer foods. And Baconology and the Village Bakery in the UK are uh, companies we've worked with. Uh, the Village Bakery is a, is a baking company. They have traditional baking and also gluten-free. And Baconology is a company that supplies 
mixes and other ingredients to uh, to a wide range of customers. So four four great companies that we're working with on this project. What kind of food products do you hope to develop? If you think of where flowers are used, uh, which is a huge market, uh, then uh, the it could be anything. It could be it could be any baked goods. It could be any place where you see eggs being used, uh, and um, those those markets are really big. Even the markets for gluten-free flours, uh, which is by percentage-wise a fairly small percentage of all the flour that's used in the world, but that that still constitutes a very large market that these ingredients would fit into. And same thing for egg replacers. Egg replacers are a market that is hundreds of millions of pounds, and these are ingredients that would fit into that as well. This is a $6.3 million project. How does that break down for Avena Foods? Each of the in the industry partners, so Avena Foods plus our four customer collaborators, contribute uh, a little more than half of the cost of carrying out these projects, and then Protein Industries Canada provides the other the other half or close to half, and that's really important for homegrown, relatively small companies like Avena, uh, as we invest in research and development to try to advance on on our production and our knowledge and our marketing of ingredients like this. So you see there's a big market for pulse crop flowers? We do. We, we're already in it. We, uh, we sell regular pulse flowers and also some of these tempered flowers uh, that we're talking about today. Uh, so it's a proven commercial concept. What we want to do is expand everybody's knowledge of of these flowers and their potential uses and uh, also expand the number of crops that we're able to use. We focused a lot on certain types of beans and we want to expand that to all types of pulses, so lentils, chickpeas, other types of beans, peas, uh, for example, and also oat flour. So uh, it's a it's a big step from where we are to where we're going, but because we are already selling some of these flowers commercially, it uh, looks very promising. Gord Flayton is the CEO of Avena Foods of Regina. The company is in the midst of building a $20 million oat processing facility south of Regina at Rowett. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Canadian Western Agribition officials are happy with the one sale held this fall. Agribition was cancelled due to the coronavirus this year, but a live commercial cattle sale was held in Moose Jaw on November 28th. Agribition CEO Chris Lane has the results. Well, if we were only going to do one, Jim, it was a good one, and uh, we were very happy with that, and I think our consigners were too. And uh, big thanks to Johnstone's Auction Mart and Blair's for coming on and uh, and helping do this sale. We um, we ended up selling just over 170 head of cattle at that sale, and uh, uh, between open and breads, we had uh, some good prices, and um, and I think we moved some excellent cattle that day. Can you give me some sale price highlights? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. We, uh, like I said, we sold 172 head for for an overall total of just under $400,000. And uh, on our open heifers, we uh, sold an average um, average was just under $1,600. 
per head and on the breads it was uh, just over $2,500. So those prices are pretty in line with where we uh, sit normally at Agribition at our commercial sale. So we were happy to see that uh, that continued. I think our high sellers here uh, on the open heifers was uh, $2,050. Uh, per head, and the high seller on the breads was uh, $3,700 a head. Tell me a little bit about the digital marketing service. How's that going this fall? Well, we're still building uh, what that platform looks like, and I think we're in beta testing now, so we should be uh, ready to roll with that early in 2021, and really what that's going to be is uh, a place for all of our exhibitors, uh, livestock uh, and equipment manufacturing, uh, to live uh, online in a place where we can uh, promote and platform what they Uh, have to offer, obviously, and connect them with buyers, uh, not only here in Canada, but around the world. So it's going to be a a multimedia, virtual, uh, business-to-business matching service uh, so that anybody connected with uh, buying and selling in Agribition can meet online uh, in one place and will help facilitate the business transactions that way through the year. And then obviously it all meets in a business crescendo at Agribition in 2021. For Agribition, you are launching the new shareholder program early in the new year? Yeah, that's correct. We should be ready to go, uh, my guess would be uh, uh, January or February with the shares. And uh, um, as we've talked about, it's going to be a very limited number. Um, So if that's something that interests someone, if they want a lifetime of uh, discounts and benefits and VIP treatment at Agribition, that will be available, but uh, not very many. So when when we launch it, you'll hear about it, and we hope that um, uh, people snap them up pretty quick. Are you still looking to limit it to about 100 and have you set a price yet? Yeah, that's right. We'll be uh, limiting to uh, 100 or less and uh, no, no price yet. Uh, we'll announce that when we uh, launch the program. And the advantage to someone who buys a share? Well, I think it depends on what part of the show that you take part in, but uh, there'll be uh, a series of, of discounts or lifetime benefits. So things, uh, you know, things we're looking at are, are entry fees or rodeo tickets or uh, refreshment tokens. Uh, all at a discount for the lifetime of that shareholder. So, for example, if you're a cattle exhibitor here and uh, this is your business, then uh, it actually becomes a a pretty good business uh, opportunity to to be able to purchase one of these shares uh, and then receive a discount on your cost of being at Agribition for as long as as you come. You know, in addition to that, there's there's going to be some VIP hosting areas. So if that's an avenue that helps someone do some business or if they just want to feel um, a little bit... um, taken care of uh, at Agribition. We'll be happy to do that too. Chris, uh, one of the big items that Agribition was featuring this year over the internet was the Supreme Showdown. Just who won this? Well, that's, that's right, Jim. That was uh, you know one of the uh, programs that really took off on us on social media, and I think it goes to show uh, you know just how active and um, and how much fun our exhibitor community is. So uh, our Supreme Showdown winners uh, on the female side was Rancher Farms. They had a certainly flirtin 202 um, that came out on top, and uh, on the bull side it was uh, Miller Wilson uh, with DMM International, uh, and that's a a pretty um, standout crowd obviously uh, uh, all champions through this bracket system um, and then it was uh, you know it was it was down to the wire we had lots of fun on social media lots of friendly competition among our exhibitors but uh, uh, Miller Wilson and Rancier come away on top as the Supreme Showdown winners. So what years did they show? The Miller Wilson Bowl was uh, at Agribition in uh, 2018 and the uh, female from Rancier was in 2014. Rancier Farms is from Killam, Alberta Miller Wilson is north of Lacombe, Alberta. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Joining me right now is Peter Wee, Pete Johnson. Hey, Pete, how are you? I'm absolutely awesome. Thanks, Sean. It's a sunny day here in Ontario. Okay, World Soil Day. It's something that uh, we see a lot of news services write about. Uh, we all, we all, in farming, we know that soil health is is a, is critical. As you look across the country, how do you think we're making out in, in this area, Pete? So. You know, it's been a great discussion. We've had some of this discussion on the Word over the last couple of weeks, my podcast, Sweet Pete's Word, and some challenges from some growers and some other thoughts from other growers. And you know, Sean, at the end of the day, I think we're actually going backwards, and we're going backwards faster than we realize. And if you recall, I mean, part of the reason I say that is if you recall, we talked earlier on, on a couple of these sessions about the, the red wheat that we were seeing, the purple and red wheat we were seeing here in Ontario, right? And and so we sort of said, well, why is that? Like, why? Because the, the wheat was planted on time. September was gorgeous. It was planted in September. It got a great start. It was, you know, four, five leaves tillering. And then all of a sudden, late October, early November, it just, it looked like it was with glyphosate that's how bad it got in some fields not in all fields but in some fields and it's really indicative of poor internal drainage in the soil of soil health issues uh, it's really kind of comes back to that why isn't why don't we have that that structure those soil aggregates that are allowing the water to drain and i mentioned pasture because uh, on the word because pasture like that crumb structure you get in pasture, even without tile drainage. I farmed some old pasture fields, and without tile drainage, even when you think the soil should be too wet, that stuff, the wheat wouldn't go red or purple on it because it's got that, that internal drainage. So from a soil health standpoint, uh, I know there's lots of discussion about it, but I think we've actually got to put a whole management system together better than we were, what we've done up to this point, and I, I just think we've been looking at it too much one factor at a time. Yeah, so is one of the challenges here the fact that everybody has different definitions, or maybe there's, maybe there is benchmark. I'm going to say there's a lack of benchmarks. Maybe there are benchmarks that we're just, people aren't aware of, um, because you know, what I would deem is, yeah, I got healthy soil, may be different than what you would say is is healthy soil and hey at the end of the day does that difference matter and the answer is like i love where you're going with this sean so first off how do we benchmark soil health and that's been a really awesome question that many researchers have tried to track and one of the ways they've tracked some of this stuff is to say okay so we're going to grow cover crops you know, we'll rotate, we'll grow cover crops, and then we're going to measure what the changes are in the soil. And, and so that is a healthier soil. Well, is that a healthier soil because 
you know, done those things? And are those parameters actual measurements? Andrew McGuire, a great researcher that kind of gets to the, the crux of these issues, had that exact discussion a while ago on Twitter where it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. We're saying that because we find this, this is a healthier soil, but we think that it's a healthier soil because that's what happened when we did those things that, that we thought should make a healthier soil. So are those really the right parameters or aren't they? And, and I think that's, that's an excellent part of the discussion. What does make a healthy soil and, and how do you define that? But the other part of that is that everybody wants to get back to this pasture soil. And I think Calvin, a, a grower in Alberta, he emailed me when I kind of was pushing this internal drainage and, and he's a conventional tillage farmer. And I, this is a, 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 so conventional tillage farmer in Alberta emails me and says, okay, so Peter, I've been conventional tillage forever. If I go no-till, how long before my soil will come back into that, that pasture like soil structure and, and yield potential? And the answer, I, I sort of went through the thought process. The answer is never. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lugminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlet and red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly cloudy today, wind west 20 this afternoon, the high today plus 5. The low tonight minus 6, wind chill minus 10 overnight. Wednesday, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of rain late in the afternoon. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high plus 2 tomorrow. Evening periods of snow, the low minus 6. Thursday, cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 8. Friday, cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 13. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 9, the low minus 14. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 10, the low minus 14. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10. Normal high for this date, minus 7. The normal low, minus 19. The sun rose at 8.46 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 11 degrees. The cold spot, Uranium City up north at minus 8. Estevan is plus 4. Saskatoon, minus 1. Swift Current, plus 5. Weyburn, plus 3. Yorkton is plus 4. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's plus 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds from the southwest at 5. Humidity, 77%. The barometer dropping, 101.1. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, plus 5. Winds are from the southwest at 31, gusting to 41. 
Once again, Regina cloudy in two, that's plus two, that's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers program is celebrating its 40th anniversary. The 2020 event and award ceremony was to have been held in Saskatoon this past weekend, but was cancelled due to COVID-19. Instead, alumni held their annual meeting online and heard updates from members across the country. The Outstanding Young Farmers program, also known as OYF, is open to farmers and farm couples between the ages of 18 and 39. Other than being innovative and entrepreneurial, the only requirement is that at least two-thirds of income is derived from the farm. Every year, one nominee is selected from the seven regions of the country, with two receiving the national award. OIF alumni covers every type of farm imaginable, and even though there are differences in farms and geography, long-time bonds continue among OIF alumni. Stephen and Jessica Reeve have a dairy farm on Prince Edward Island and won the national OIF award in 2005. That's the type of group where you get those different commodities together that normally may not chat, uh, whether it's conventional agriculture, organic, or supply management, open market. And over the, the last 15 years of going to the uh, event, I've seen a lot of debates, heated debates about these issues and, you know, on the tours or in the hospitality suites. And then as you see the people that are having these debates progress through the years, uh, the debates soften. Uh, you realize you actually like that person quite a bit and uh, you realize in the end that you're all on the same team in Canadian agriculture. On the other side of the country, Kevin and Anne-Marie Klippenstein won the National OYF Award in 2011. They are organic farmers in Coston, B.C., in the southern part of the Okanagan. The Klippensteins also own a restaurant and have rental suites for tourists. When COVID arrived in March, they had to do a quick 180. We immediately started damage control. Wanted to take care of our newly hired restaurant staff. We offered them all work on the farm, in the fields, and in the packing house. Uh, this meant a lot more training, but we also looked at the bright side and saw how that connection, they could see that in the food side when we do open up the restaurant again. The restaurant reopened in June, and the Klippensteins reported an increase in local and provincial business. They wanted to know where their food was coming from, and they wanted to be on the land and see where their food was coming from. And being able to offer that farm-to-table dining experience with these servers that had been in the fields, in the packing house, and like seeing how the food is growing, just connected the people to their food so much more. And, you know, it created this huge buzz for the restaurant and for what we were doing. And so, again, we just saw an increase in our online sales, increase of support at the farmer's markets, and just people jumping on, like, in that realm. Getting the next generation involved in the business was the focus of a quick presentation from Richard and Marion Stamp from Enchant, Alberta, a couple of hours southeast of Calgary in the heart of irrigation country. They established a pedigreed seed farm in 1978 and won the OYF National Award in 1998. All three of their sons are directly involved with the operation. The most important thing is that you need strong individuals to be in agriculture and next generation. And we need to allow them as parents to be the best that they can be, no matter whether they're going to be in agriculture or not. And parents, we need to step back and let the next generation take charge. And I always tell my guys here and our daughter, 
you know what? I made a lot of mistakes in my farming career, and now it's their opportunity to make mistakes. Because how else do you really learn to build a business of what can go right and wrong? And I think that uh, you, when you allow that, it creates leadership and drive and make that happen. Marion Stamps says farm meetings are very important. And the need to uh, help make decisions together but early on through these farm meetings, the decisions were guided. Ultimately, as they got older and further in, they were able to make more of the farm decisions, but it was through working together and weighing out all the pros and cons. All three Stamp sons earned university degrees and gained work experience off-farm before returning to the family operation. The previous comments come from a Zoom event last Friday organized by Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers Program, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Heading into the winter months, the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation is reminding producers of possible wildlife damage to crops. Executive Director of Insurance Darby Warner says most incidents of winter wildlife damage are covered. He spoke with 620 CKRM's Ryan McNally. Yeah, so for winter crops, primarily the damage caused by wildlife would be in stacked forage or alternative feeding systems that people have for feeding their livestock. And there's also a, one arm of our program is a predation program, so there could be predator losses over the winter months. Why does the CIC cover wildlife damage like this? Uh, it's, in, uh, it's part of our program under the, so the Ministry of Agriculture is uh, the primary responsible for this. So it's to protect producers of agriculture crops for the better of society. So, so we're allowed to have these animals on the landscape now and there's a program to help to feed them in the winter if they're causing some undue harm for individuals. Do producers need to have previous SCIC coverage to be eligible for this? No, they do not. And everybody's eligible for wildlife damage in Saskatchewan. You do not have to be part of our Saskatchewan crop insurance programming. And I guess uh, what are the steps producers uh, should take if they do suspect wildlife crop damage in, in their fields? Yeah, so as soon as they notice damage in their fields, they should contact their local crop insurance office or call our toll-free number. Uh, everything's available on our website if they want to go there to find some additional information. It's uh, scic.ca is our webpage, and they can dig into that first if they'd like, or uh, the best is just to give us a call and we'll help them through that process. Darby Warner is the Executive Director of Insurance at SCIC. Market update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Viterra prices were showing some downward pressure this morning. Canola fell 9.50 at 5.42.37. Yellow peas dropped $4 at 3.28.89. Number one red spring wheat went down $2.13 at 2.31.80. The rest were unchanged. Durham 2.97.62. Feed barley 20970, flax 69337, lentils 57250, oats 20653, and feed wheat 18372. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March, red spring wheat fell two and three quarter cents at 546 a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842 4574. 
And now, the latest quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 8th. Our last regular sale was on November 25th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.62 cents to $0.72, cents, with the odd sales up to $0.80. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.52 cents to $0.62, cents, and good butcher bulls sold from $0.92 cents to $1.02. We had our last pre-sorted sale on November 30th. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.62 and sold to to $2.78. 400 to 450-pound steers averaged $2.45 and sold up to $2.71. 450 to 500-pound steers averaged $2.35 and sold up to $2.71. 500 to 550-pound steers averaged $2.33 and sold up to $2.40. 550 to 600-pound steers averaged $2.10 and sold up to $2.22. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $1.97 and sold up to $2.00. 16 cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.90 and sold up to $1.98. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.81 and sold up to $1.90. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.70 and sold up to $1.81. Heifers were about 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Day reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 9,000 hogs Monday, selling a range of 155 to 170 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,500 head, selling a range of 152 to 169 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling the range of 36 to 42 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was steady with the daily exchange rate at 1.2801. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.06 cents U.S. U.S. cash market values remain at or near record levels for this time of year when comparing with other normal marketing years. But there are some headwinds approaching. Analysts elsewhere have noted that strong production numbers could be pressuring as more pork comes to market at the same time holiday demand backs off. However, cash prices remain historically good and a severe drop in the next couple weeks is not presently expected. Lean hog futures started the session off on a lower note, but have recovered and are making initial gains in the early morning trade. Weekly export numbers will be revealed on Thursday, and all market participants will be watching closely for clues on direction. In the meantime, futures values are mixed relative to cash history benchmarks when individual contracts are compared, but a blended average reveals futures contracts are approximately 2% higher than the five-year cash average. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. It could cost a family of four another $695 to put groceries on the table next year. The 2021 Food Price Report says rising bread, meat and vegetable prices are expected to push grocery bills 5% higher, with meat prices jumping as much as 6.5%. The overall grocery bill increase would be the highest since the report started 11 years ago. Parliamentary Budget Officer Yves Giraud is warning Ottawa could end up losing money on the Trans Mountain Pipeline due to circumstances both beyond and within the government's control. The federal government bought the pipeline and the project to twin it more than two years ago for $4.4 billion. It has yet to find a buyer. Giroux says it remains profitable now, but cautions that could change if the government makes changes to climate policy that would reduce demand for the petroleum products the pipeline moves. On the markets, 
Strength in the utility sector helped boost Canada's main stock index higher in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was up 30 points at 17,612. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 67 points at 30,137. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.14 cents U.S. compared with 78.12 on Monday. The January crude oil contract was up 5 cents at 45.81 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.